And that's what I found has been super successful in transforming people long-term is that if we can stay tapped into a deeply moving, tear-releasing, heart-clenching reason why we want to be healthy and not because of a bikini body or I want to lose weight or I want to look good for him or her, it has to be much deeper than that. And if it doesn't pull at you, we got to quiet down and dig a little deeper. Welcome to the Thriving in Chaos Project. Certified divorce coach and credentialed mediator Paulette Rigo invites you to grab a favorite beverage, find a cozy seat, soothe your soul, and take a listen. This podcast was created and inspired by our courageous journeys, love for connecting with others, and having meaningful conversations that teach, impact, and heal through sharing our stories. In each episode, Paulette will be joined by some of the most experienced and compelling experts in all things divorce and transformation. Listen to prepare and thrive through the toughest chapters as we reveal our hardships, celebrate our lessons learned, and see the future clearly with encouragement, hope, and joy. Leave feeling empowered and prepared to approach life and maintain our dignity no matter what. Each podcast episode focuses on sharing real conversations from real life situations. Isn't it time you thrived? Welcome to the Thriving in Chaos Project. I am Paulette Rigo, your host. I am also a credentialed mediator, certified divorce consultant, and founder of Better Divorce Academy, and author of number one, Amazon bestseller, Better Divorce Blueprint. But today, I have a remarkable guest with me by the name of Heather Denniston. She's a chiropractor, a DC, CCWP, NASM. I asked her about all those things. We'll get to it. But she's really focused right now on a program that she's created called the Wellness Amplifier Performance Program. So welcome to the show, Heather. I'm so glad you're here today to spread your knowledge and wisdom. Thank you so much, Paulette. I am very honored to be here and thank you so much for what you do in the world. Well, thank you. Um, I owe my um, young formative days, as they were called, as a dancer to a beloved chiropractor in my life. Mm -hmm. I know so many other fitness uh, athletes, dancers, you know, just joggers and other people that owe their comfort to to chiropractors as well. Mm -hmm. I've always been an advocate for chiropractic care. Uh, I knew that a a well-trained an adjustment uh, facilitator uh, Mm -hmm. made the world of difference with digestion, jaw pain, headaches, just Mm -hmm. discomfort and overall wellness. And I think this is where you and I really, our genius zones come together where we kind of get juicy with that. I love it. So I'd like to start with what is a wellness amplifier performance program? Share with that. I'm so curious. I want to know. Yeah, you bet. Uh, okay, so the Wellness Amplifier Performance Program kind of on, on the books is an eight-week program. It's a three-pillar program that I bring into companies to work with elite leaders and their teams. Mm-hmm. And the whole intent is to bridge the connection between personal well-being and professional success. And mm-hmm. Paulette, I'm sure you see in a lot of your clients as well, not just the exhaustion of the, of the chaos of transition that they're going through, but also just the last 12 to 18 months has been incredibly well-being 
sacrificing. And so it's an incredibly opportune time to help connect for leaders that their employees personal well-being is going to directly affect their bottom line and it's an essential thing to address. Mm, I could not agree more. Now, wellness affects every aspect of our lives, right? We we don't I love that word wellness versus what illness. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I, I really found that interesting that well starts with we and uh, illness starts with I and really integrating the fact that it's, um, it is a, um, a process that involves uh, your environment. Much of that would be your work environment and your family mm-hmm. environment and all of the decisions that you make and are they in an alignment with your values and goals and are they serving you and are they in your best interest? Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually do a little um, experiment with ladies. I have them dump out the contents of their purse uh, on the bed, usually with the towel, so they don't ruin their beautiful bedspread. <laughs> because you never know what animal, mineral, or vegetable you might find in there. But, and then slowly discerning right what to put back and what to mm-hmm. toss, and you know, sell, donate, whatever. I'm not advocating. We just you know, junk it all. But the amount of junk that we keep in our bodies and our minds and dare I say mm-hmm. our purses right mm-hmm. gentlemen men men do it with their wallets too so uh it's not just a chick thing it's mm-hmm. um, it's remarkable how we don't discern what to keep and and what to eliminate and I I really think that's um a ma- microcosm of the macrocosm now yeah, do you find sure. that the professionals are receptive to this um mind shift Yeah, now more than ever, I'm working with a a small group in Microsoft right now. And it was interesting because when they reached out to me, um, it it was the the head person who had communicated to her team saying, you guys, I am feeling depleted, stressed, overwhelmed. Mm. I need something. Do you guys need something? And the group of them then came to me and said, can you come and do what you do with us for eight weeks? And so I think, you know, before maybe the last 18 months, it was the sort of a nice to do. Now it's an absolutely have to do. Yes, yes, yes. So you spent 25 years as a chiropractor. That's Mm -hmm. a long time, but you're now moving into something different. Mm -hmm. Can you share a little bit about that? What made you make that transition and shift? Yeah. Uh, So I was a chiropractor for 25 years and about two years before I actually left, I got the itch to leave and uh, like you, uh, clearly you're a writer, I felt like I needed to do some writing and so I started writing, I did a blog and I did a book and I and I did all this in transition out of practice and and kind of through the process I realized Oh, this is really interesting. Here I am in these four walls. I'm smack in the middle of Amazon, Starbucks, Expedia, Costco, all their headquarters. I got to the point where I could literally walk into a room, feel your spine and tell you where you work because of the different kinds of stressors that would come from these different types of organizations. And I thought, I need to, they don't need to come to me. I need to go to them and, and I need to connect with them and help them right at the source. And so I transitioned out of practice. I sold my practice to two lovely Wisconsin sisters and I 
fumbled along for a couple of years, as many of us do during transition. I tried a few different ways and things that I thought were going to work for me that did not. And then about two years ago, I just kind of landed in the spot that I was always meant to be, but needed to go through those steps in the process. And so now this is kind of what I do all the time. I just go into companies from corporations to businesses of a hundred or less and work with the, the teams to help them function better, less attrition, be healthier, happier employees. And in the end, that means a healthier, happier company. And that's what companies are looking for. Do you work also with entrepreneurs one-on-one or is it more just a corporate structure? Yeah, no, I have, it's about a 75, 25. So 75, I'm doing group work and 25%. I do one-to-one connections. I run a program at the beginning of the year called the get your act together event. It's a three hour event on a Saturday. And that's where a lot of my one-to-one clients come from is we do this big intensive plan for the year, goal setting, word of the year, wellness why, and we knock it all out in a Saturday. And then many of those folks end up coming on one-on-one, but I absolutely um, interview folks if they want to do a one-to-one. I find out if I'm a fit for them and if they're ready for change, then we work together. Love it. Now, I know that all of us have a personal journey when it comes to wellness. I myself being an ex-dancer, Uh, you know, lived on Snickers bars and Diet Coke, because that's what was in the vending machine at the studio. If it didn't come in a vending machine, well, I would have starved. So, you know, when I was a little girl, my grandmother made reservations. My mother hated to cook. um, And we just ate a lot in restaurants. My father was lover of hamburgers and my mother liked to make crepe Suzettes. So let's just say I didn't really have a standard American diet. I had just a demented warped version of it. But, and if it, if it came in a vending machine, I would eat it. So my teeth started to rot out. I had eight fillings that needed Mm. to be done by the time I was 12. I was probably hypoglycemic. I was skinny as a rail because I was a dancer and well, dancers have to be thin, although I'm 5'8 and very, you know, I'm not voluptuous. So um, I've never really had the body type of a dancer. But when it came to wellness, I didn't know what the hell that meant, Heather, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I just didn't. But when I got married, uh, I started to wake up because I, well, Bread and Circus was the very first Whole Foods and it came and it started in Wellesley Hills, Massachusetts. So I spent a lot of time in Wellesley because I grew up in Needham, just outside of Newton area. And uh, Bread and Circus became um, bread and something, but I forget exactly how it made the transition from bread and circus to Whole Foods, but that Cambridge Newton well area was where bread and circus, bread, Whole Foods was uh, founded. And mm-hmm. it was just part of it. And I was so curious. I would go there and I would see all these like grains and bins that were whole and the, the, actual hulls and there'd, you know, be a bin and you'd go into it. And Mm -hmm. there was also a Whole Foods macrobiotic restaurant in uh, Brookline, Massachusetts called Open Sesame. And this Mm -hmm. is where the Cushies actually started. um, It's a nowhere backwards. um, I forget how you pronounce it, but they started the Whole Foods industry as in not the 
not the grocery store, everyone, but the actual whole food. And I was, I was fascinated by this because, of course, I grew up on Snickers bars. So I didn't really understand it. But in my 20s, I was in college, started to get fascinated by it, found a, a lovely chiropractor that helped me with a lot of joint pain in my knees and my low back. Um, named Marty Rosen in Wellesley Hills. So you can see the Wellesley connection. But now here I was married, little kids, feeding them Earth's best baby food and leaving the dance world behind and became a yoga teacher. And I really started to understand mind-body medicine from a more functional, integrative wholeness attitude um, and mind mindset, which is such an overused word now, hate it, but mm -hmm. it is what it is. My demeanor changed. And that was my stumbling upon, ah, illness to wellness, chiropractic, mm -hmm. whole food diet, um, eating, um, staying away from processed foods and really shifting my diet, my lifestyle and seeing exercise more as movement, uh, and eventually left the dance world behind and really integrated more of a wellness mindset with being a birth doula and an Ayurvedic consultant and a yoga teacher trainer. Now, what's your personal journey with wellness? Because we all find mm -hmm. one. And what makes you so passionate about the work you do? How did, how did you stumble into wellness? Because I always love to hear that. Mm. Well, let's start with... Um... I was bawling in a shower in my crappy college apartment and I realized at 21, I already had four or five different diagnosed condition and a massive weight problem. I was about 235 pounds. And uh, it actually goes back to when I was about nine years old, I grew about six inches in a year and um, like a Mastiff puppy. And the problem is, is that Mastiff puppies don't do back handsprings on the beam. And I was a competitive gymnast. And so I quit and I focused on my other sports, competitive binge eating. And so then we fast forward and I'm standing in that crappy college shower and I've got early stage arthritis. I've got IBS, Renaud's, a thyroid condition and a weight problem. And I realized that all of that was just signs, signals, not symptoms, just signals that I had no idea how to fuel my body effectively, how to be functionally fit, how to have mindfulness and purpose. And so I realized that if I was going to turn that Titanic of health issues around, I was going to need to focus on my health as a priority. Um, and so I went to the books, I studied, and I became a chiropractor and a certified chiropractic wellness practitioner and a personal trainer. And through all of that, I helped heal myself and I helped heal lots of uh, wonderful, wonderful patients. And that's what kind of brought me through that journey. And it's, uh, as you know, I'm sure it's, it's never, there's no there there. It's a, it is a, it is an ongoing, changing, adapting, dynamic process of continually yeah. checking in with our health, asking ourselves what we need and being compassionate in the process. And you do need to be compassionate. It isn't a one and done. Here's my checklist. Check, check, check. It's a continual yes. journey with making smart choices and discerning about what you do, how you do it, what you put in your body, what you don't put in your body. So if someone were to come to you, um, and I find that there's two kind of ways that people stumble upon this, out of necessity like you did, you had an illness and you were overweight and you were really feeling 
that um, I call it the ice cream on the kitchen floor moment. For you, it was the the tears in the shower moment. But mm-hmm. you know, you know the big joke of like eating um, Hagen Dazs on the floor or so, like a pint of ice mm-hmm. cream. You know, mm-hmm. that moment of like I can't do you know, whether it be, you know, a disease or a divorce or, you know, there's some event, right, where it's like, mm-hmm. aha, and it wakes you up. So, or mm-hmm. it's out of really curiosity. Um, for me, I didn't have a um, an illness, but a, a physical ailment, but I, although they were starting to manifest and if they'd gone a little bit longer, mm-hmm. I bet they probably would have. Um, Mm -hmm. But being a dancer, I was very in tune with my body to begin with. I noticed the little nuances of it more so uh, than your average person. I think athletes and dancers tend to be like that Mm -hmm. in general. But for the average person that's really fed up or tired, how do you start them? And Mm -hmm. what advice do you give them so that they feel like they can do it? Yeah. You know, in practice, I, um, and, and this will circle back to your question. I, I noticed something happening, you know, hundreds and hundreds of patients would come and say, yeah, I'm going to start this new program and super excited. And two weeks later, they, they've fallen off the wagon. They've stopped the diet or they've, they're not doing the workout program. And I'm like, you know, these people are trying, they're putting an effort. It's not from lack of effort or knowing what to do. There's something else. And I dug and I dug and I dug and I realized what it was. And that is the first thing I start with. And what it is, is a deeply moving wellness driver. And here's, I'll give you an example. Let's take, let's take a young high school girl getting out of bed every morning at five o'clock in the morning, walking through a cold house into a freezing cold car, driving 30 minutes in the snow to a public pool, jumping in a cold pool with a coach yelling at her for two hours, does it every single morning. And the reason she does it is because she's got a magazine page ripped out, taped up on her mirror of an Olympic swimmer that she emulates. And she has a goal and she has a dream. She has a why. She has a very strong why that when she wants to stay, turn over and pull the covers up, she doesn't because she's got a deeply moving wellness why. Now, fast forward that to when I was working with a corporate group, there was a, a, an exercise that I do with teams right at the very beginning and it's called discover your wellness why. And they sit with pen and paper and they say why they want to be well, and then they go through a process of winding down. And so to explain that, I'll use Jane as an example. She was sitting at the end of the table and everybody else is like pens to paper and doing, you know, just figuring out why they want to be healthy, why they want to be well. And I come up and Jane's got this very blank legal pad with one statement at the top and it says to be healthy. And I said, Jane, but why? And she goes, well, um, I, cause I guess I want to be independent, but why? Mm, cause I, I want to be active, but why? And she and I went back and forth six times. And by the sixth time, everybody's pens were down. All eyes were on Jane and her entire face all of a sudden just changed. And she looked at me and she said, because I don't ever want to tell my two grandsons that Noni can't do that. She'd landed on it and it gave her goosebumps and it gave me goosebumps, gave everybody goosebumps. And from that point on, she never had trouble getting out of bed to go for her early morning walk because she had a deeply moving driver to pull her when she didn't feel like doing it. And that's what I found has been super successful in transforming people 
long-term is that if we can stay tapped into a deeply moving, tear-releasing, heart-clenching reason why we want to be healthy and not because of a bikini body or I want to lose weight or I want to look good for him or her, it has to be much deeper than that. And if it doesn't pull at you, we got to quiet down and dig a little deeper. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's always what I start with because most often people are missing that. And if you don't have a why, you'll be treading water and living in ambivalence and not mm-hmm. making any um, adjustments. And, uh, well, it's very, it's, and it's just very, yeah, it's just very easy to quit. Uh, if, if you don't remember why you're doing it, it's very easy to just go, mm-hmm. I don't feel like doing a whole 30 anymore. I'm done on day 10. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's very easy, whatever it is, the endeavor that you want to go after to have a really good foundation is, is absolutely key. Mm. You touched on a phrase and I might be paraphrasing slightly, but it's deepest driving desire. And in, in my training that goes back to the Bhagavad Gita, as is your will. So is, as is your desire. So is your will, as is your will. So your actions, as is your actions. Mm. So your deeds, as is your deeds, so is your destiny. And it all just boils down to your deepest driving desire. I don't think I said it quite as eloquently as it is written in the Bhagavad Gita, but that's the whole summary of your dharma and living mm-hmm. in alignment with your um, your unique um, purpose and service and your deepest driving desire. So yeah, yeah that kind of brings me back to... Uh, many years of um, that training. I want to segue a bit to this uh, acronym you have here of MED, a minimal effective dose. What is that? I want to know. MED, I first learned it. He didn't, he didn't invent it, but I think he made it a little bit more famous. It comes from Tim Ferriss's four hour body. Um, He talks about MED, minimal effective dose. He actually talks about it in his four hour work week book too. And basically he's giving you permission to find the fastest, easiest route from A to B to get quick results and with the least amount of effort. Now forever we've been told, no, 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 no. You got to do it the hard way. Otherwise not worth it. And he gives us permission to go, no, 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 no. If you can find an easier way from A to B, do it and and reap the rewards. And so we use that in regard to health and wellness changes. I always look for the lowest hanging fruit, the tiniest shifts we can make consistently to make the biggest transformation. And, And right after our wellness why, what we move into is something I call your energy leakage liability inventory. And you you actually um alluded to it earlier in our conversation around. Uh, you know, energy just going out in all different directions. And so what we do is we take an inventory. Where are you spilling your most precious resource unnecessarily? What processes, what systems are you doing? And you're just reinventing them every day. Mm -hmm. An example for me is uh, we have a very lovely silver bowl on our bar, except his keys and goes into his car and goes to work. I, on the other hand, drop my keys somewhere between the front door and my bedroom. And so every morning I've got to spend energy figuring out where did I leave them? What, where are they? And these are just, you know, everything from that to toxic relationships, to worry and fear, to all sorts of ways that we spend energy. We take a full inventory and see where are you losing it? Where can we shore up? So you have the energy to spend in places that really matter. Mm -hmm. And so minimal effective dose has everything to do with, Hey, can we do that? easier, more efficiently, more effectively? Can we set up a system where 
where this just is rote for you. You don't even have to think about it. An example is one of my teachers in my in my practice. I loved this. Every September, she brought she bought a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday outfit, and she wore it all year long. She never had to think about what to wear in the morning. Never spent energy on that. Mm. And these are just things that we can do because very often overwhelm and busy comes from unsystemized, poor processes, loose boundaries where we are not shoring up in the way that we need to. Mm. I am so on board with that. I am such a structured person. I can relate to that. I have one exact um, strip of little hooks and each key <laughs> goes on that exact hook and my shoes go in a certain place. And uh, yeah. I'm one of the few people that um, every day at the end of the day, I go into my uh, closet and I empty out the entire contents of my purse. I put my purse on the shelf and put all the entire content of it away. It's, there's not a lot in there. I have my productivity planner. I have yeah, my, um, my phone, which is, I never keep it in the bedroom. It's always only in the office. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I even take out my makeup bag and empty the entire contents of it, put it all back exactly. I mean, I, I'm pretty much a minimalist wear mascara and lip gloss. So uh, I wear the same jewelry every day. I probably don't do Monday through Friday, but pretty damn close to it. So I love that. It's like just yeah. simple, minimalistic, like it, it makes me happy. It's, uh, you know, I, yeah. I have a very difficult time moving on without making my bed just in a very simple manner. It makes us happy and it happier. Does. And it's, yeah. And I, I want to make sure people know that energy is spilled on stuff like that. And that mm. is important but also so is a friendship that keeps you up at night that because you're like, well, what did she mean by that? And well, what did I say something wrong? You know, that's lost energy too. Um, mm -hmm. constantly having your boundaries pushed and, you know, and you know, tons about this is setting strong boundaries, um, helps us retain energy where we need it. And people going through these transitions absolutely need to be militant about energy conservation. Yeah. I call that eliminate and discriminate. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 In the eyes, the nose, the mouth, the ears, all the holes in our body, we, we seep out energy and we need to seal them. That's called pratyahara, where we withdraw from our senses and maintain and contain our energy so that we are vibrant and able to be healthy and, and well. And when you're going through tough times in life, whether that be a job loss or a death in a family or a move or a birth of a child or a divorce, it's going to wreak havoc on your your health and well well-being and your vitality. Efficiency is part of that. And I love that. Um, I've heard of Tom Ferris, the four hour everything. Um, I probably would like to get it down to three, but um <laughs> speaking of which, uh uh I'm all about efficiency. I'm very yeah, makes me really happy to hear that. Speaking of three, you have you're the author of the three day reset. Uh, I need to read that. What is it? And do share. Yeah. Speaking of efficiency, right? Mm -hmm, yeah. Uh, so I had so many clients coming to me and wanting to make nutritional changes, but feeling intimidated by a 21 day, this or a 30 day that, and all of the things that go with that. And mm -hmm. I thought, you know what, you can make a huge impact in a much shorter amount of time. Mm -hmm. And so I created and wrote something called the three day reset, which is fully organic whole food, um, 
toe dipping into how to eat in a really, really whole food and healthy way. And it taps into ancestral kind of thinking about how to eat. It taps into the benefits of things like bone broth and probiotic and greens and, and that kind of thing. But the beauty is the book is like this big, it's tiny, but it has all of the recipes, all of the shopping, a journal, it has everything in it. It's super easy and it's just three days. And it comes from actually a dentist friend of mine. I was asking him about his summer vacation and he said, oh, no, 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 I can't take seven days off because my practice would be a mess. You know, I'd have so much to come back to and blah, blah, blah. So he takes vertical weeks off. So he takes Monday, 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 Monday off in the summer. And he makes, you know, he gets three day weekends all, all uh, summer long. And I thought, wouldn't that be great to, instead of doing a 30 day something or a 21 day something, what about if you did a three day something a couple of times a month, and then you still end up kind of eating completely whole food and naturally 20 to 30% of your month, just by doing it, you know, twice a month. And so uh, that's how the three day reset came about. And uh, I loved writing it. I, I love doing it. And I share it all the time. It's mm. a, it's a great resource. Mm, I'm going to have to look at it. Once a month, my husband and I do a three-day juice cleanse. Um, mm. It's a bamboo juices up the street in Serenby. We live in uh, the Chat Hills, Georgia area. And just three days, um, once a month, we, we kind of commit to uh, rehydrating the body, um, giving our internal organs a little bit of a vacation from all yes. the digestion, uh, giving our adrenals and kidney and liver a little bit of a break and... Mm -hmm. uh, we tend to eat out more than we should. Uh, so it just kind of, okay. And whether it's um, any habits, I find we try to just X off the calendar, no social events and just try to commit to staying home. And although yeah. we've been home more than we have been probably yeah. like a million years lately, everybody can relate to that one, right? But mm -hmm. I can relate to that. And because you think, oh, 30 days, 45 days, 60 days. Mm -hmm. No way I can't do that. But I say, can you just do something for three days? And most mm -hmm. people will go, hell yeah, I can do yeah. three days, whether that be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in the middle of the week yep. or the weekend. Great to do on a long weekend too, where you've got yeah. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, such as like the Memorial Day. Um, mm -hmm. But for those that are still... Not steel. I think we all are. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a statement. We are all reeling and coming out of that darkness mm -hmm. from the last year and starting to step back into social events and um, mm -hmm. a, a different way of perceiving um, what's a priority. What we do, in fact, want to hang on to from what we've learned and gained from having a different paradigm over the last year and a half and what we really are ready to let go of. What advice can you give to people that maybe are still stuck in that fear cycle? Um, because I think the, that um, exacerbates, is a tough word, the, the cycle of getting into this feeling of like, oh no, what if I get sick? And what if I go out and I'm not sure what to do? And um, what advice do you give to people that really are still um, rightfully so? Uh, mm -hmm. This isn't to discredit those fears. We all have them. Like, yep. I mean, if I washed my hands anymore, I thought they were going to fall off. Um, so I'm curious, um, as, a, as a wellness coach, as a, a real expert in wellness, 
how do you get somebody from that place of stuckness into starting to create a different mindset? I typically start with just a super brief, and if you'll allow me just a little window here of explaining uh, the three components of what stress does to us when it's elicited chronically. Um, And this uh, comes from Bruce Lipton's work. And so uh, Bruce Lipton in The Biology of Belief talks about the three components of what stress does for our body. And why this is important is because we all have to look at, here's what's happened to us in the last year. Mm -hmm. So when a lion jumps out at you, a stress response is, is activated, thank God, because it helps you get away or it helps you turn and fight. But the problem is the last 18 months, we've been firing fight or flight constantly, daily, all day long. Mm-hmm. And so traditional fight or flight intentionally by design shunts blood from this core of the body out to the arms and legs, of course, so you can run away. But when it's repeated, it what happens is there's a void here of new blood. And this is where all of your regenerative change happens, all of your cellular uh, regeneration, you know, dead cell cleanup, all of your growth and repair happens here. And now it's downregulated. Okay. Number two that happens is when we have stress happen, our hypothalamus sends a signal to the adrenals, cortisol is released. And cortisol is like the bossy girl in high school. She tells everybody what to do. And so when cortisol is released, the very first thing she does is downregulate immunity. And so one of the the biggest eye popping moments I have with clients is when I tell them by the very nature of fear and worry, you are downregulating your own immune system. Mm. That's number two. Number three, which is kind of the key point here is that when that stressor is repetitive, blood is shunted from the front of the brain to the back to where reaction and focus happens. And we need that. Like I wanna run away from the lion. I don't wanna think about anything else. But the problem is the front of the brain is intelligent thought, reason, logic, creative thinking. There's a reason why hostage takers keep hostages in a constant state of fear because they can't think clearly. Mm. So as we're coming out of this and we've had this 18 month or 16 month time of fear and worry, we have to be compassionate about the fact that we are not ourselves. Our immune systems are not where they need to be. We have not been in growth and repair like we should be. And we've been not been thinking in our right minds. Mm. And so the very, very, very first thing that we work on is targeted self-compassion with self-kindness statements, understanding that um, everybody is going through a hard time, kind of the human component that we under, this is from God, mother of self-compassion, Kristen Neff, um, that her work is about self-kindness statements, understanding that we all go through hard times, which helps us kind of lift our own burden a little bit. And finally, mindfulness. So I think some of the first steps in getting our wellness back is acknowledging and giving a big hug to everything that we felt in the last year. Mm -hmm. And then starting just with one small shift made consistently over time. Mm. Oh, so nice that you said that. I was just getting very zen listening to you about self-compassion. One of the things I needed to do when I made that decision to leave my old career many, many years ago, I stumbled upon um, Cheryl Richardson's book, Take Time for Your Life. And of Mm. course, this was 1999 that this book was written well, prehistoric days Cheryl right she's from Newburyport Massachusetts so she was sort of one of those initial first godmothers of coaching um, mm-hmm. and her first book was take time for your life and I read it and the tears just poured mm-hmm. and poured mm-hmm. because I had never 
taken time from my life. I, there was zero compassion, zero self-compassion. I blamed myself, finger pointed and woulda, coulda, shoulda. And compounding this with the shutting down of the restaurants and jobs and careers and illnesses. And I mean, we couldn't even just, um, I don't know, go for a walk. So things yeah. were significantly different. I really remember that feeling of feeling so um, terrified that um, I just had always made poor decisions. And now people are saying, well, what if, what if, what if I, you know, uh, what if I make a bad decision now because mm -hmm. things are even more complicated? Uh, mm -hmm. That's a great reminder. Thank you for that. I, I like that. You know, there's uh, the two things come to mind with what you just said. One is, uh, you know, Brene Brown talks about empathy and that many of us, in fact, I had a client last July call me and say, well, I've canceled my wedding. And I said, oh my gosh, let's just take a minute. I'm so sorry. No, 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 it's fine. Lots of people are suffering much more than I am. And, and what I had to help her with is that you shoving your pain under the carpet does not help the ER doc in New York after his 48 hour shift of COVID patients. We have to draw it out into the light and acknowledge it. And, and Brene talks about empathy not being a pizza pie. There's not only eight slices. The more you show empathy to yourself, the more it grows and the more you can show empathy to others. And Maya Angelou has a, uh, she uses a quote, it's not her quote, but she uses a quote and it says, don't ever trust a naked man handing you a shirt. Uh, <laughs> if we do not first love ourselves, we cannot love others. Mm. And so that's true for empathy, compassion, well-being, all of it. Mm. I love that quote. I'll have to remember it. Never accept a shirt from a naked man. Mm. So, yeah, never accept a shirt from a naked man. And the point is, you know, if he doesn't have his own shirt, he shouldn't be handing you one. Yeah, well, thank you for that. Now, I know that you're sharing a fantastic gift with our listeners today. Yeah. So how do they get it and what is it? Yeah, I um, I imagine the link will be in the show notes, Paulette, I, I, I think. Yeah. And uh, and so the link will be in the show notes. And, and what it is and why you want it is this. We talked about energy leakage. And this little process that you do at the end of your day, takes five or 10 minutes, will completely give you back so much energy and peace of mind and help you sleep more peacefully. It's why it's also called the happy pillow exercise. Mm -hmm. And it is just a way of pre-rehearsing your next day in written form. And it is fantastic. I've practiced it for years myself. It's mm -hmm. transformative. I never miss it. I even do it on the weekends um, because I want to live my day by design, not by default. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this little exercise that walks you through it, it gives you a little template um, will allow you to do that. So whether you work inside the home or outside the home, you know, whether you have a business or you have kids or whatever, this uh, wellness daily wellness amplifier um, exercise is really effective. I love it. The happy pillow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sleep is sacred better. to me. Say that yeah. again. I'm sorry. Because you sleep so much better once you've done this process, because you're not worrying about all the things you have to do tomorrow. They're already accounted for. Mm -hmm. Living your life by design and not by default. That yeah. is. So thank you for your time. You're remarkable. I love your insight oh, and your, your optimism and your expertise. 
So if someone wants to learn more about you and follow you, I hate dare I say stalk mm -hmm. you, but just, you know, <laughs> follow you in a, in a good way. And dare I say, think to gain more of your genius zone and wisdom. What is the best way for them to do that and potentially work with you? Yeah. Well, I always consider these interviews kind of the start of a relationship, not a one-off. So if people want to message and chat further, uh, LinkedIn is the best place to find me, uh, Heather Denniston on LinkedIn. And then I'm always on Instagram as well. So if you want to just kind of start on Instagram and take a look at some of the posts and uh, you can message me there too, but LinkedIn is great. That's where I'm spending most of my time these days. Love it. Thank you, Heather. And thank you, everyone. I wanted to do a little reset episode because so much of the conversations I have are just about anything and all things divorce. We talk about the legal aspects. We talk about the financial experts, the marital home and your credit score and how to be able to create a new home and where you're going to live and dating and, oh, should I change my name? And, uh, but I want to make sure we never overlook the wellness aspect of it. It is so easy to let that go. It's one of the major mistakes I see. Uh, women just ignoring that aspect of the journey because there's so many other parts of it. Mm -hmm. So get yourself uh, a reset and make sure you have a happy pillow. Uh, stop yeah. living your life by default. <laughs> and no matter what, you keep thriving in the chaos. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in. And make sure if you want to talk to us or ask us questions, you can always email us at thrivinginchaospodcast at gmail.com. See you next week.